Welcome to Building the Future. I'm your host, Kevin Horick. You can find the show online at buildingthefutureshow.com or follow me on Twitter at Building Show. You can also find it on iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube. I'm excited to announce that I'm now a brand ambassador for the Business Rock Summit in Manchester, England, April 21st and 22nd, where Steve Wozniak is headlining. More details at business-rocks.com. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Saba Siddiqui, founder of iStream Social. Saba, welcome to the show. Hi, Kevin. How are you? Oh, very good. You know, up in Canada, it's cold. Today it's snowing, <laughs> but that's all right. You're in sunny California. I'm extremely, extremely jealous. <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't exactly have a winter here, but I can't complain about the 80 degree sun. So. Totally. Yeah, no, fair. What, you get like six days of rain and something like that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what rain is. What, what's rain? Yeah, there you go. So uh, I'm curious then, maybe let's kind of uh, get to know you a little bit better and kind of cover where you grew up. Yeah, so um, I grew up in Vancouver, Canada. So I'm uh, Canadian raised. Nice. Uh, I grew up there. Were you I lived born there for- in Canada? No, I was actually born in Iran. I was born in Tehran. Uh, my parents immigrated to Vancouver, Canada at, when I was two years old. My sister is a Canadian. She was born there, but um, I am not. I was raised there for 12 years. And then we actually, when I was going into eighth grade, we moved down to Southern California to be with more family. Okay. So I've been, yeah, so I've been in Orange County for the last 10 years. Oh, wow. No, I Orange County, that's a nice area too. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad it's not a bad place to transition to but now I have zero tolerance for for the rain that I used to be really comfortable with so I'm kind of curious then where did you go to school or like what did you take at school yeah so I went to school for actually I was planning on becoming a doctor okay. I was pre-med a very typical Persian child uh, two years into it I decided that it's not the route for me I needed something that was a little bit more sociable, a little bit more extroverted. Uh, obviously, I enjoy talking and being in, being in front of others. And so I decided to take the health policy route, uh, more about the health management. But while okay. I was going to school, I was working for an engineering company. And I was very involved in their accounting, their human resources, their marketing. They were a growing company. And so I was able to sort of get exposure to different parts of the company. And that's what really, um, I guess, sparked my interest in the business world. Okay, interesting. It's always kind of fascinating to me how people kind of go from one thing that kind of leads them into something kind of totally different. So what was there anything that was kind of got you passionate about technology or you were just kind of more interested in the social side of things? Yeah. So, I mean, I think, I think growing up, I'm, I'm 23 years old. Uh, it's really not no secret. Uh, I grew up with um, seeing technology emerge. So when I was in middle school, it was like the internet was coming out and, you know, it was the cell phone revolution. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, FaceTime and going into like Blackberries and all these phones. And so, so the way that I really got into this space was because I grew up as a millennial. And so I saw how MySpace was coming about. I saw when Facebook was coming about. I remember when I got my first smartphone, when I transitioned from the Blackberry to the original iPhone. So I kind of saw this evolution and it was always interesting to me, you know, the different apps, the different social networks. And 
I wouldn't say there was a moment in time where I became interested in technology. I was always very immersed in technology, but it wasn't until I decided to leave my job at the engineering company that I realized that that's sort of where my passion has always lied. I was always the one that was telling my friends which social platform to go on. I was always that person that was telling someone about the Apple news or the other technology news about Google. And so I think when you when you look back at sort of the way that you grew up and the things that interests you as a, as a child or a young adult, I think it gives you a lot of triggers as to what really makes you tick. And that's what I tapped into once I decided to transition out of the field that I was in. Sure. No, that makes sense. So you do um, kind of video streaming stuff. So how did you kind of get into that then? Yeah, so it was an interesting kind of evolution. I was working, after I left my job, I was working on a Kickstarter campaign and I was uh, running their social media and their marketing and project managing, which is what my background was sort of in project management. Um, and when I finished the Kickstarter, what happened was is that Meerkat and Periscope had just come out. It was right. just when South by Southwest ended. And so it was this perfect storm of events where it was this huge opportunity and it was this whole new social media channel that was opening up. And although Periscope and Meerkat and live stream are not new concepts, they were because at the time that they had previously come out in 2010 and 2011, the technology that we had and the access to the smartphones that we had were not actually they weren't they weren't up to date right so sure. people couldn't you know people couldn't stream on their phones constantly data costs were very high um cameras were not as good cell phone qualities were not as good they didn't have the bandwidth but now in 2015 everyone has a smartphone right everyone has these data plans that can support the live streaming technology and that's what really made the difference and so i became i became really interested in how this is going to change the social media space. And I mean, I'm sure you like you play, pay close attention to social media and you've noticed that, you know, although Facebook was is still very relevant, it's very noisy now. And there's yep. always something new that people are looking to jump into. And so right now, probably the hottest social media platform is Peri uh, not Periscope. I'm sorry. It's Snapchat. Yeah, fair. And I would say especially with certain age age ranges. Right. So right now, you know, every company from Taco Bell to Tarte Cosmetics to Airbnb to, you know, the local surf shop is going to be on Snapchat these days. And I think there's just this natural evolution of where social media is going. And that's one of the articles that I uh, wrote a few months back is called Is Livestream Here to Stay? And the argument I make is that we have been conditioned in a certain way and the behavior from Instagram, which is very um, stagnant content to Snapchat, which is partially real time because it's fleeting after 24 hours and moving towards that live stream is just inevitably where we're going to end up going, sure. whether it's in six months or whether it's in 24 months, well, it's going to happen. Well, I think like I, I get that this is not 100% related to kind of what you're talking about with, with streaming or live stream. But, you know, Google just launched their own live streaming gaming platform. Um, oh, the other one just escapes me right now, but Amazon just picked them up. So like in other industries, especially in the gaming space, you know, it's really being heavily adopted right now. And I think you're right. It's just kind of coming to social media within maybe the last year where you could actually do it from your mobile device. And so I think the whole industry is 
is kind of at the early stages of moving social, like you mentioned. I think it's we're at a really interesting time, and that's kind of why I really wanted to have you on the show because you're on that like cutting edge of kind of the live streaming space. Yeah, so we're really sort of at a shift, and I think I, I always talk about it in a way where social media is going to constantly be evolving. It's one of those spaces that's never going to be able to sustain one platform at the same level of interest because marketing marketers ruin everything, right? And so Fair. when it comes down to it, right, Instagram three years ago is not the Instagram feed that you look at today. You're yeah. constantly inundated by sponsored ads. You have, and if it's not a sponsored ad, it's a blogger who's being paid to show you that product. And so the natural kind of intuition to most people is, okay, what's the next thing? And everyone's thinking about the next thing. And I believe that live stream video is the next thing. And I think the people that are, for example, a lot of people asking about YouTube. And I think that the expectation is going to shift and people are going to expect real time video content creation. And they'd want to actually engage with those people that they consume live and in real time. Sure. Like I, I know um, Mark Cuban streams, I think on Periscope all the time, just kind of like behind the scenes footage of Shark Tank and people talk about it. And I've heard people talk about it that should know nothing about the space at all. And I'm like, really? You you watch Mark Cuban live stream on Periscope? I'm like, like, I just I'm almost like blown away. So when it hits certain groups of people, it's I think it's really here to stay. And I, I think it's it's there now. Yeah, you bring up a good point about sort of the different areas that it's hitting. So obviously, Mark Cuban is a technology entrepreneur. So naturally, you know, he's going to be very fascinated by the Periscope technology, and he's going to want to jump on it and understand sort of what's going on. Sure. But Mark Cuban has also become, like you said, with Shark Tank, a household name. And so sort of that entry point for Periscope is really great because influencers such as Mark Cuban, Kevin O'Leary, Marcus Limonis, these are all people that have shows on CNBC that reach the masses of our nation are able to actually consume these this behind the scenes content through this media channel. And that's really all it takes for the long game of one of the advertisers, one of the brands, when are they going to get involved is when they see the masses. Sure. No, no, that totally makes sense. So if I want to kind of get into this space as either, you know, a blogger or a company or, or whoever, how do I kind of go about starting? Yeah, that's a good question, Kevin. So um, what I always tell the clients that I work with is that you have to decide what kind of content you want to be putting out there and producing and what are your objectives. So the two main platforms that I focus on for live video are Periscope as well as Blab. Blab.im is a live streaming video platform that allows for four people to be on screen at the same time. And you have the ability to change the topic during the show. So it creates for a lot of dynamic conversation, momentum in the room. And you can also change out the speakers. And so for example, if you and I we're in this in this blab room we can invite two people and then 10 minutes later kick three of them off kick all you know i could kick you and the two guests off and then we could rotate out new people oh, interesting. and so this allows for a live video streaming platform that creates dialogue and really creates like a production and so when i tell when i talk to my clients i say okay 
what kind of content do you want to be putting out there? Because ultimately live video is a form of content marketing. And so if they say that we have events that we already do, we have experts that we already have, and we just want to get our information out there, I would say, okay, you could use Periscope. That would be a great tool for you because it broadcasts. One of the companies that does this really well is, for example, Mashable does this very well. And Sephora does this very well. So Mashable, what they do is they bring on the guy who does their their movie reviews and he talks about the movies that are coming out this week and he tells you the reviews and sort of what his thoughts are. A very, you know, Rotten Tomato type of um, format. Okay, interesting. The other way that some brands are using it is a company like Sephora who has the brand equity. They're already there. And what they do is they actually, when they have a new product they're going to put into their stores, they sort of do a broadcast and they feature it on their Periscope and they give their audience and their community the opportunity to see that and have access to it. So that's a great broadcasting tool. Now, if you're a company that is not as well known, so you're not the Nikes and the Under Armors and the Lululemons of the world, it's better for you to kind of couple them and have complementary platforms. So creating a blab show where you're creating conversation around the topic that your target audience is going to be interested in and doing like once a week production, that would probably be the best way for you to enter the space. Okay. When you um, say production, like what does that kind of mean? Because I think the word production can, can scare some people off. Yeah. So is that just like you know, you, you just set up the, the camera on your computer and just kind of go for it? Or, or what's kind of involved when you say production? Or what would you recommend to a client when you say production? Right. So, I mean, I'm using the word in the way that I use it. I don't even know what the traditional word production means. I don't know what goes into that. But the way that you can really do live stream is with one click of a button. And I only say that because most laptops these days have their built-in cameras. Sure. And you have the internet connection and all you have to do is create that blob room and you click join and you're live and you have to have, even if you don't have, you know, really fancy podcasting equipment or video and audio equipment, you can still create a really, really nice quote unquote production. And so the barrier of entry is extremely low and it's even lower because the people that you're bringing on don't need to physically be where you are. They're going to be calling in from wherever they are with their laptop, basically. And so when I say production, I mean that you are producing content. Okay. That's a really good way to put it, actually. You are producing content and you are doing it intentionally and you are ensuring that you are being consistent and intentional with your strategy and the way that you're executing. So no, that that's that's really good advice. So do you cr- basically do, would you recommend say like every Tuesday at one p.m. or something, you're you're on talking to people or, and do you kind of create like your own show or or how would you kind of go about doing that? I guess. Yeah. So let me let me give you like a quick example. Sure. So let's say um, let's say you're a dating app. Right. So let's, okay. let's just use a startup, for instance. Let's say you're a dating app and you're like, you know, Saba, I'm having a lot of trouble. We don't have um, user acquisition down pat. We're trying to find another channel of content marketing. We can't penetrate the blogging. It's difficult for us to um, get a Twitter audience. It's hard for us because we don't have the, the budget to basically invest in Facebook. What do we do? And my suggestion to them would be 
I think you guys should invest in having a live video show on Blab every single week. And if you can, twice a week. And what does that mean? That means thinking through a strategy, which is which is the part I help with, thinking through a strategy of how you're going to create a community around whatever your product is. So for the dating app, there's so many different things that you can talk about. You can talk about the best places to take your date, do's and don'ts of your first date, you know, um, sort of what are the first things that you should say, how to weed out bad people. So there's a bunch of content that you can create around just the dating topic itself. And what you do is you have co-hosts, you have a host and you have a co-host. So two people from your organization or one person from your organization, and either you guys create a dialogue with the two or three of you from the organization, or you choose to bring on guest speakers, right? Someone that has an expertise in that space or could be in addition to the conversation and you create that dialogue. And as you create that dialogue, you're having people come into the room and engage with you. And while you're doing that and the conversation is evolving, you're tweeting it out to your Twitter audience and you're growing that community and you're cross cross promoting on the platforms. Sure. So can you save these shows for people to view later or are they kind of one, one off things? Great question. So yes. So you have the ability to click record. And so the content is being recorded and you can stop it in the middle. You can press play again and whatever content that you decide to record, it not only gets emailed to the people who have subscribed to that show that you have hopefully scheduled in advance, but you also get an email with the video file as well as the audio file for repurposing and um, posting on YouTube. And you can actually post your video that you recorded once it's done being live directly to YouTube from the blog platform. Okay. So is there any video editing tools or at least basic ones that you can kind of edit some stuff out or it's kind of, it's shot, it's done. You got to post it. Yeah. So, I mean, you can use iMovie or Final Cut Pro to do your own editing, but, um, the, the platform doesn't, um, it doesn't like provide any sort of tools. Okay. No, that's fair. I, I like realistically, if you're, if you are serious and you want to keep it, you would, like you said, it gets emailed to you. So you'd edit it you know, and then upload it, which makes sense. And that's not really any different than any other platform. Yes. So we're we're kind of talking about different approaches to social media. Do you have kind of any other advice, you know, either in the, in the live streaming space or kind of outside of that space to kind of be different and stand out in, in a kind of a crowded space? Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, my, my thesis is going to be around live stream because I think that, To be different in social media, you have to be creative and you have to be doing something that people aren't doing, right? And so the perfect combination of that is, yes, you can be creative on live stream and you're in a space that other people are probably not in. And so the way that that sort of maps back to the traditional channels is that that's your call to action. So you tell your audience like, Hey, you know, we have this live show every week on blab, come engage with us live. You create the content, you're creating a community in a place that other people are not. And then you're telling them, Hey, you know, why don't you guys like us on Facebook? That's where we run our promotions or follow us on Instagram. We're going to be doing this. Follow us on Twitter. We're going to be doing this. So there's different ways for you to cross promote. And that's really the key. If you use any social media platform in a vacuum, you won't be getting optimal results and you're not going to be seeing the impact that you're looking for. No, I think that's actually really good advice. 
Um, one thing that I just thought of that I'm kind of curious about, do you, there must be people that are kind of scared to live stream and, and how do you kind of, what do you tell them or have you run into that? As I would assume people are like, I don't want to be on camera, especially weekly. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can answer this very easily because I was one of those people. Okay. Fair. Um, I was one of those people who before Periscope and this live streaming evolution sort of began, I hadn't recorded one YouTube video. There was no videos of me online and I wasn't someone that enjoyed being on camera. And the nice thing about Blab and creating live video content on these platforms is that there's this element of naturalness and there's this element like you're basically on Skype with three other friends. It's okay. not something that you have to teach yourself. Of course, the speaking aspect of it, of making sure that you're being very clear, you're not saying, um, you're able to articulate your message clearly. Those are just more public speaking skills. They're not necessarily video skills. Um, and so I think when it comes down to it, I think if you just are comfortable with what you're talking about and you just learn to embrace sort of the awkward moments you might have or the slip ups you might go through, or, you know, if you want to make a funny joke, go ahead and make that funny joke. We're constantly talking about authenticity and transparency in the marketing world. And that's what really gets people go ahead and be yourself. That's, that's one of the things that I take a lot of pride in doing both of the shows that I currently do is I'm myself. I laugh, I make a joke, I'm sarcastic, you know, sometimes the co-hosts kind of, you know, pick fun at each other. And that's a part of the entertainment in addition to the content that we're providing for our audience. They're looking for that human element. So don't be scared to embrace it. No, I, I think that's really good advice. And, and to be 100% honest, and I've said this on previous shows, did the radio show and kind of podcast because I fear social or speaking in public. And you're right. Like sometimes some it's awkward sometimes. Sometimes you you say, um, and I don't know, or you'll hear me say kind of, uh, oh, you know, or there's a handful of them, right? And I'm trying to get better. And I think as you do more and more of them, you, and you even listen back to past shows, you can say, oh, I say that a lot. I should try to cut that out. And I think everybody's working on it, no matter kind of how far they are in their journey, right? Yeah, you're completely right. I mean, with anything, whether it's live video, whether it's working out, you know, cooking, whatever sure. skill that you're trying to get better at, you're never going to get better if you don't just start, right? And it sounds very cliche, but that's kind of how I approach this. I said, you know, I'm not going to be the best at it the first time, but great. I'm probably not going to have an audience the first first time I do it. Sure. Now, um, for the tech show, we're 18 episodes in. For the Social 545 show, we're 10 episodes in. Now we've garnered an audience. We have a community, and I've gotten much better at my presentation skills. And so I think naturally sort of it evolves in the right way, and you shouldn't get caught up in all those barriers that you create for yourself, mostly mentally. Oh, totally. And I think at the end of the day, if you're putting out good content, people are willing to understand that, you know, this probably isn't what you do for a living, right? If you're the CEO of some company or, or whatnot, and you put out this weekly show, and you're not the best public speaker, but you you're passionate and you have good content, I think people overlook kind of the insecurities that you have, right? And I think the other thing that I've really found, and I'm curious to know if you've kind of found this as well in the video streaming thing, because at least being talking to other podcasters, it's like the most supportive community. 
and it's it's awesome. And I, do you find that in the same kind of video streaming space that people are just really supportive of other people doing it? Yeah, I mean, definitely. It's not only a very supportive space where, I mean, we're all, none of us are experts at it, right? Um, and this is all very new and sure. we're all trying our best to create the best content and the best way we think is going to be valuable for the community that we expect to listen and consume. And so it's a learning process for all of us. And so not only is the community very supportive and everyone sort of knows each other because it's so small and we're, we're hopefully, you know, looking, you know, three years down the line where it's going to be very big and it's going to be like the Instagram community with millions and millions of people, but it's also very self-policing. And so for the people who are um, scared of trolls or they're scared of people that are going to come in and sort of hate on whatever content they're doing, I mean, that really doesn't happen. It's it's very uh, far and rare. Um, there's ways to block those people in your periscopes as well as your blabs. And the people in those rooms are going to actually push those people out so i just wanted to address that really quickly no no i think that's that's really good advice and i i think that's that's super important because you're right some people that just that whole thing kind of freaks them out and i think the fact that you can control that is is super useful and and worth mentioning um so I, you, we keep talking about you you have a couple shows I'm, I'm curious maybe let's cover um kind of what they're about yeah, so the first show that um, I started doing was uh, called Tech Lunch. Okay. And it's basically we talk about what's happening in tech news. And I co-host that with Saul from Brooklyn. That's his uh, Twitter handle. I'm just used to calling him that now. Okay. Um, he, he works in technology and tech in New York. And then my other co-host is actually the CEO of the platform, uh, Sean Puri from Blab. Oh, wow. So, yeah, we, we say that we're tech news with character. And so we basically uh, curate a list of tech news that we feel is interesting and relevant for our community. And we discuss it and we always have a question around it. So, you know, if we talk about a, a company making a certain decision, there's there's a question around that. And so we discuss that question and we allow for audience members to call in and chime into the conversation with us. And so it's very interactive. It's real time. It's really fun. Um, it's, it's a really great show. So we do that every Thursday at 2.30 Pacific on Blab. Okay. And then I'm, I'm curious... Do you post them after somewhere or or is it just kind of like it's over and done with? So yeah, every every show is recorded okay. and they are actually curated and they're just aggregated on my Blab profile. So if you go to blab.im backslash Saba Sadili, you can actually find over 40 live shows that I've currently done. And so you can watch those. Um, so they're actually stored on the your Blab channel basically for replays or you can upload it to YouTube and push your audience to YouTube. Sure. And, and I'll post this in the, the show notes as well. So people listening can, can go to the website and uh, click the link and, and go check out all these videos and whatnot. Yeah. And okay, so what's your other show about then? 
Yeah, so the second show is called Social 545, and it's what's trending in social media. And everyone always asks, what is the Social 545 about? And the answer to that is we're trying to think of a clever way for it to be very memorable. And I think we've been quite successful, I should say. And 545 is when we actually um, go live on Blab. So every Thursday at 545 Pacific, we go live, and we don't start recording actually till 6 p.m. And so we decided we wanted to do it at an off time, just so it's a little bit more memorable. You know, doing it at 6 p.m. is a little bit boring. So we decided to kind of spice it up, do 545, and we just stuck it in the name. And we've kind of gone with it ever since. And we actually crowdsourced the name um, on Blab one morning. So that was that was really cool. But what we do is um, we talk about what's trending in social media. So different platforms come out with new developments. We talk about that. And in addition, we bring on different guests from brands. So, for example, we've spoken to um, the social media manager at Experian. Oh, wow. uh, Right. And we've spoken to um, like John Ferreira, who pioneered CRM and currently is the founder of a startup called Nimble that manages social relationships and social selling. Yeah. Wow. I, I, well, I actually, I did some work for Experian like a decade or so ago at a company I worked for. So it's interesting. And then, yeah, that one, yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's cool that, that you guys are, are doing that. So, how long are the shows typically? Are they kind of just however long they take? Yeah, so um, so this kind of goes back to your, like, what does it mean for to produce the content? So we're very intentional with every show is 60 minutes. Okay. It's one hour of content. We record for one hour. Um, you know, sometimes we'll go, like, five minutes off, you know, but no more than that, really. Uh, we have an outline of, you know, what we want to cover during the show, sort of what the flow is going to be. It's not, you know, to the dot every minute, but we understand sort of the topics we want to hit, what the flow of the show is going to be. Um, there is a lot of consistency with every show with how we begin it, how we end it, what is the pace, what is the tone. Um, my co-host for the Social 545 show is Carlos Gill. He's the head of Social for BMC software. Okay. So what do they do? We, just out of curiosity. So they're just a global software company. Oh, okay. Uh, they have different, they have a whole array of products. And so we on social 545 really focus on what's trending in social media, as well as we tie it back into how brands are utilizing social media to grow and optimize their visibility in the space. Uh, no, that, that, that's awesome. Um, so how many people would you roughly say check out kind of the show live at one time or is it kind of all over the map yeah so um we started out with probably you know 40 to 60 people checking out you know both shows um so you know which is really good actually yeah, it's 60 for Tech Lunch and then like 60 for Social 545 total. Um, and actually, we have ramped up quite a bit. We've seen a lot of growth. Uh, we're currently at around eight to 900 for both shows. Oh, wow. That's per episode. Yes. Yeah, that's yes. holy. You guys grew that really fast then. Yeah, so one of the things that's really helped us with our growth is one that we do, we, we cross-promote. So we have a uh, Social 545 Twitter channel. Um, so we're constantly promoting on there. People know the guests that we have on, um, as well as, you know, the Blab community has grown. So they, they have more users than they did three months ago when we began the show. And they've also uh, incorporated some features where they feature some of the the blabs live on the homepage, which creates an influx of audience. And when your content is good, they stay. 
Sure. No, that that's really good advice. So we we kind of mentioned, or I mentioned in the intro, that you have a, a company called iStream Social. Do you want to kind of maybe talk about what it is and kind of what your approach and the, the types of clients you work with? Yeah. So basically, iStream Social, I decided to begin this marketing consulting agency to basically help people understand how to grow their social media presence with live stream. So the premise is really like expand your world with social, but it's also to do it in a way that's more innovative. And the innovative way right now is to do it with live video. And so most of my clients, they're either already have a large presence on social media platforms and they're like, okay, we want to do something new. We want to do something interesting. We want to be the trailblazer. How do we do that? And I say, well, live video is a great opportunity and we talk and we strategize and I walk them through and I coach them through sort of how to go about live video. What are the do's and don'ts? I've been doing live video content on Blab now for over four or five months. So I've done over 40 live shows. And so I've learned a lot in my time doing that. And there's a lot of little things, as you know, that make a big difference. So that's the first type of client. And then the second type is the one that has no social media presence. They have no brand equity, no brand awareness, and they're really trying to get into the game. And for those type of clients, I mean, they're extremely intimidated by Facebook and Instagram and all these very well-established social media platforms that are extremely noisy. And so their question is always, well, how do we build an audience? How do we do it? Because it is so difficult to do without putting a lot of money towards it. At this point, we're at millions, right? And so I tell them, you have to do something that your competitor isn't doing, right? So if your competitor has been on Facebook for two, three years, that's great. But you should come and you should do a live video show. You should start periscoping. You should be where they're not. And you should go all in, 100%. And when you do that, you're going to be able to grow your audience and your community exponentially. Because right now, the opportunity is very large because it's not noisy, right? So in two years, we're going to be having this conversation and we're going be talking about the next thing right because this this market will probably already be saturated sure and so that's what I really that's sort of the underlying foundation of what I help my clients with with iStream social is how do you stand out from the noise and how do you expand your world with social in a way that's innovative and different so do you find that there's certain companies that are like my age demographic won't understand do you kind of get some pushback for suggesting this kind of stuff or or they're you know what I mean they're just like no I won't really want to just do the Facebook thing or do you have that kind of pushback yeah of course I mean there's always that type of uh, pushback and kind of uh, skepticism about you know getting into a live uh, a new space right so first it's sort of you know is this going to stay? Why would we, you know, invest in Periscope versus another live video streaming platform that they may have heard of, right? So it's always a platform game versus also like a media, what type of medium. And the conversation I always have with them is just about the investment and the resources. And I tell them, you can go ahead and you can, you know, live on Facebook, but you're going to be paying for every single post and you're going to be competing with everyone else that's doing the exact same thing as you, right? So you're not going to get 
um, you're not going to get any brownie points for being on Facebook, right? Like your audience and your community and your customers are not going to see you as innovative if you're doing what everyone else is doing. Sure. And I think perception plays a lot into that. One of the reasons that we had the head of social from Experion on our show is because I met him on Blab because he oh, decided really? to move his Twitter chat to Blab and they have their credit chat on Blab every week now. And I was so impressed. The fact that a credit score company is using live video. Kevin, they periscope every single day. Can really? you believe it? No, I actually, that's, that's awesome. But I, yeah, I never yeah. would have guessed that to be a hundred percent honest so with you. They are extremely innovative. Um, I encourage everyone to watch this. Um, if there's one thing they're going to do after this is I encourage them to watch the social 545 episode. It's on YouTube as well as on iTunes. Um, the one with Mike Delgado, where we interview him about Experian, because it is such a great example of a company that you would never think is in this space. That's doing an amazing job. And he talks a lot about how they got into it, why they got into it and the results that they have seen. Sure. No, that's actually like the perfect case study because I can just like I I worked at uh, marketing companies in, in my past and, and whatnot. And I can just see that kind of over 50 plus client just saying like, I don't get this. I'm not doing that. This is a terrible idea. And I like I can just see that and just that you have like such a good example of basically one of those industries that I think yeah, it's important to everybody, their credit score, but I think it's a lot, it's not really that like sexy kind of type, type company that, you know, appeals to, to younger people. It's usually the older crowd. And if, if they're really embracing it and doing it, I think that's a really good case study. And I'll post the link to that in the show notes as well. Definitely. I mean, it's, it's just one of those things that's very eye-opening. And, you know, even if, you know, that executive who's older, who, you know, doesn't feel like they want to buy into live video, I just, I tell them, you know, like, that's okay. You know, we can just spend all of the money, you know, competing against everyone else in this space. At the end of the day, um, I can only present the facts and I can present sort of my um, intelligent hypothesis for where I think the space is going and what I, I'm seeing as I'm currently personally executing on this. And so that's, you know, you present everyone with the information, you tell them to decide. Um, and if they go against your recommendation, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's what they want and what they're looking for. But you sort of laid out, you know, you did your due diligence. Sure. No, I, I think that's really good advice. And it's interesting because you, you got me really thinking just having this call. Like I checked out some, like some of your episodes and I've, I've watched some other kind of guys shows and I've I've never done one myself and and you got me really thinking about kind of getting into the space because it's like why not right and like obviously the shows FM radio is a little bit more traditional and uh same with even podcasting it's kind of it's been around for a number of years it, there's a little bit of a resurgence it seems a little bit over the last little while but there's no reason that I shouldn't be kind of promoting and talking about things that I'm passionate about are related to the show on, on these, these channels. And I don't really know why I haven't got into it. And you really got me kind of thinking about reevaluating why I haven't got on that and, and whatnot. I wouldn't say that it wasn't on purpose, but <laughs> it wasn't on purpose. <laughs> no, but, but that's, that's why I like having guests like yourself on the show, because like I said, 
I, I do the show to push myself out of my own comfort zone. And I also try to have guests that I find fascinating that are that are doing things that I don't know tons about. Like I work as a creative director at a software company. So yeah, I, I understand the space and I follow the tech news. But, and like I said, I've, I've never actually been on a blab or, or tried it or used Periscope. Like I, I have the app, but I, I don't really do it myself. And I don't know why I don't. But it, it's talking to you has kind of made me reevaluate that, and I think that's that's super important. And I think, I, I think the thing that I'm trying to get across when when I say this is, everybody's got to start somewhere. And I think just if this you and I talking right now can inspire, you know, not only me and other people listening to the show, I think that's kind of why I did the show. And it sounds just from you know our conversation that's this is the, the exact reason why you started iStream Social. Yeah, exactly. And I and I think I remember the first time you and I communicated. Yeah. Um, one of the things I asked you was sort of, you know, how did you find me on Twitter, right? I don't have like 50,000 people that are following me. Um, I actually, I'm very new to Twitter. I started my Twitter in February of this year, but I've been able to grow it to 2,400 organically very quickly and they are very engaged. And I truly believe one of the main reasons that you were able to find me was just because I've been able to have such a large reach with my live video content no because agreed. of all the shareability yeah like if if i remember correctly i think you you came up as like one of those suggested people to follow on twitter and i was like oh this seems like i was like what is this and then i clicked your profile <laughs> and i was like oh cool and then i like i checked out a couple of your videos and then i immediately was just like do you want to be on the show <laughs> because I was like fascinated by it. And then a couple of days later, we had a call and then uh, we chatted and we scheduled this show and it took about a month for us to record. But that was because of me, not because of you. And, uh, you know, that that's that's what the power of social media is. Right. And now you turn me on to these new platforms that I should be on and other people should be on. And I think that's just the kind of whole cycle of this whole thing of kind of networking and figuring out new ways to promote yourself and good content and, and whatnot. That's awesome. Yeah, that's definitely what it just comes down to. And I think, I think one of the reasons that I've been able to, um, I don't really like to use the word evangelize, but I guess speak about this so passionately is because it's been my experience. I've utilized this for my own brand and my own company and sort of the thing that I am trying to help other people be successful at as well because I've seen the results, I've seen the success, I've seen the reach and the opportunities that it opens for people. No, I, that's awesome. Um, sadly, we're out of time. So maybe if we could just close the show with kind of promoting where people can find iStream Social online, um, you know, your your different channels on, on the networks and any other social media links you want to promote? Yeah, so we're actually doing a revamp of our whole website um, because things have just been changing so drastically. So I decided to uh, pivot into what I spoke to you about today. So um, the website is not live currently, but it should be by the time this goes up. So it's going to just be iStreamSocial.com. Um, if you're looking to directly contact me, you can just email me. My email is Saba, S-A-B-A, at iStreamSocial.com. 
Uh, you can watch my shows every week. There's two of them that I currently do, uh, both on Thursdays on blab.im backslash Sadili, my full name. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook. <laughs> I'm on pretty much every social network except for, I think, Pinterest at this point. Okay. Um, I'm also I'm also on Snapchat. I'm, I'm very bullish about Snapchat. It's actually my Snap code is my banner photo currently on Twitter. So if you want to add me on Snapchat, chat it's my full name um i'm really happy to talk to anyone who's curious about live stream you want to learn more about live stream if you think this could be a solution or an interesting addition to your social media strategy um really just looking to educate and help people as much as i can in this space no that's awesome this this show's been awesome thanks again for doing it and i i really appreciate you uh taking the time out of your uh busy day and uh you know, from taking away time from streaming video and uh, <laughs> recording uh, the radio show. <laughs> yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. And I mean, hopefully I'll see you on Blab or Periscope very, very soon. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about it. You got me really heavily thinking about it. Uh, yeah, no, thanks again. We'll, uh, we'll keep in touch and uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks. Okay, bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can visit past shows at buildingthefutureshow.com. If you're going to the Startup Expo on February 16th and 17th in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and want to record an episode, please contact me. The music for the show is by Electric Mantra. Check him out at electricmantra.com. Until next time, keep building the future.